crowd sounds different today. That's because I'm here. Well, that could be. Dumb people. No, I'm real. I'm <laughs> serious. They sound different today. I wonder if there's a different, different demographic makeup, and they clap differently. Hey? Well, at least you didn't introduce Kathy. No, uh, normally I would do that. But yes, you would. Yeah, Rusty but and Kathy. She she is not with us today. Meeting day. So uh, she will be attending those. I'm sure we'll hear about what happened, as we always do. <sighs> Another exciting day in the city, huh? Another exciting day in the city, believe me. I haven't I, I I'm beginning to think I'm in a rut. Really? I really am. Huh. I really am. Hey, get used to it. It doesn't get any better than this. You're not encouraging me. You're not making me feel good about myself, Jim. Therefore, I need to cancel you or something, whatever they do these days, if you don't make me feel good. You want me to leave now? Yeah, I know. You'll be booking (laughs) out of here in 10 seconds. I don't have to spend any time with you this month. My God, that's a (laughs) win-win. Thank you, Rusty. I can hear what you're saying in your head. I have have the telepathic ability. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, Mm. I do. When it's convenient, I do. Oh. <laughs> so, how have you been? Not too bad. Good. Summer's over. No, it's not. I, I you know, I, it's after the 4th of July. <laughs> wham. It's gone. It is? Yeah. We've had Labor Day already. Oh, yeah, we have. You know, next is Halloween, <sighs> Thanksgiving, Christmas. Still kind of summer weather, though. Yeah, right now, the end of the week, it's going to get a little chillier. Oh, no. Yeah. I don't want it to get chilly, Jim. Make it stop. You're making me feel bad again. Hey, isn't that why you like me? <laughs> See, then when you go home, everybody can make you happy. Oh, no, 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 no. That doesn't happen oh, when I go home. My strategy isn't working? No, it's not working at all. Oh. That, that, that is not a sales point. At all. Come um, on. Anyway. You have you, what, you haven't up to anything? Just the same old stuff? Same or? old stuff, yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Different day. Yeah, well, I know you weren't going to say it that way, but... Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. I'm, I'm happy that you did, actually. Oh, thank you. It makes everything a lot yeah. easier. Oh, we will have a guest today. Who will that be? Eric Holsoppel is going to be with us from the hospital. So he'll be stopping by mm. at some point this morning. What's he going to discuss? Well, I imagine the hospital since he's since he's from the, uh, I the thought hospital. maybe he'd talk about something other than hospital crap. Well, I can probably lead the discussion that way if you'd prefer. I we mean, probably you know, could, we, couldn't we? We could. I, We're we kind of good at to. that. In whatever direction it goes, basically. Really, let's face it, we don't have any control. No, we don't. We never have. Did we Andy stop in to see you while he was home? Andy? Bannis? Yes, he did! I got a brother named Andy, too, yeah. and I was about to say, he was in town, he didn't even... Yeah. No, uh... Yeah, he's been in a couple of times. I think he's still in town. Is he? Yeah. He still looks good, doesn't he? He looks better than I ever have. Well, we I want to go there. Yeah, I just, I, yeah, he does. He gets around like, yeah. I don't know. I, he's uh, he's still got a, 
a long way to go before he he, he does. Yeah, which I is enjoy good. Andy. <clears throat> he uh, he does light up a room. He does. <laughs> he does light up a room. Uh, he's doing a little work here for us too. Is he? People will hear his voice say, even even after he's gone back home to Florida, we'll still be hearing Andy on the air here. I'll be darned. Yeah, yeah. Huh. When you voice commercials, it's like immortality, Jim. It really is. <laughs> Put your voice on a commercial; it's there forever. You're you're like immortal. As long as whoever's paying for the commercial still pays. Yeah, that's true. That that is the bottom line. Because if they don't, you won't. Money always seems to be the bottom line of everything. <coughs> Money is the root of all evil. Ah, see, people have have mis mis quoted that it does say that but it says the love of money is the root of all evil so money isn't the actual problem it's the love of that money that is the whatever thing that's wrong you're going to get started already on your philosophy yeah i might if you want to hear my philosophy no thank you okay all right okay i don't think the audience does either well they never do that person might get upset. What the person I was about to? Oh yeah, <laughs> the person I was about to make unhappy. So it was time to go away. Yeah. I don't know. I make a lot of people unhappy, and they don't make me go away. I don't know why that is. But they keep trying. <clears throat> yeah, they do actually. They do keep trying. There have been a lot of things going on. I wanted. To, okay, I wanted to ask you this. I was going okay, to wait till maybe. I want to wait maybe. Maybe wait till a little bit later, but let's go ahead and talk. Oh, excuse oh. me. It's been a big summer downtown. I know the uh, one Saturday, Latino. Yes, yeah, Latino. What do you feel? I mean, you know, summer's drawing to an end. Was this a good year downtown? Was it a? I mean, well, we had lots of activities, which yeah. I think is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and like Mark, he asked me how how does. Uh, Music on Friday nights help your. Does it help right. your business? Yeah, yeah. And you know, really, it's hard to tell. <clears throat> but you know, it it can't hurt it, right? So I don't have a problem with it. I was thinking uh, about a week ago about when I first came back to town. It's been a long time ago. Um, well, nineteen ninety six was when I came back to town. Dummy. Um, yeah, well, at that point, a little bad. I was, well, I mean, you know, there wasn't. I can say that because I did the same thing. I know, and and so I I came back and I was just thinking about how downtown has changed has changed drastic, not really physically, other than the park, but it it's a completely different place. Well, when I came physically, back. it's changed too because a bit. <clears throat> Uh, most of the buildings have businesses in them now. Right. And that's a huge difference. But see, that's the way I remember downtown. Well, I know, but when you first came back, it wasn't It wasn't like that, no. No. And there was really no excitement downtown. Okay, the uh, uh, sidewalk sale. I remember when I first came back to town, I think Treats was the only one who would would put stuff out. And and it's like... There was nothing else. Yeah. And so uh, walking home and having to avoid all the racks of stuff that were out over the weekend, that was, an, that was a nice. nice feeling. Yeah. Yeah. 
it felt a lot like it used to when I was a kid. Yeah, it's still got a ways to go, but it sure is a lot better. And it's different than it was. Yeah. There's more entertainment. I mean, I don't remember anything other than, than taverns on Main Street. <laughs> well, there were a bunch of taverns. There were only three. Well, that's... You, three you, or two. You talking about it. Well, there was... Stories, plays, and... Stories, and, and, and Peshes. Pe- well, Peshes in the main at yeah. that time. Yeah. So, uh, and yeah. Then, yeah, it was just... And then, of course... And that might have been... <clears throat> Before your time is uh, the Legion was downtown. Yeah, that is way. I think when I first got here, my see, I was only like five when we moved back to town. I mean, mom and dad were born and raised here, but his first job was yeah in Knightstown, and then got an offer here, and we moved here. I was maybe five. I hadn't started school yet, and I think I remember it that way when I was a little boy. But I they it, they quickly built the new building and moved. Well, on the west side of uh, the alley on Laporte uh, Street, right on just on the left side was uh, the White Castle. Yeah, uh, which was a small narrow building that right. did burgers, and and I'm trying to remember whether next to that was the Legion. Yeah, and then Bob's Cafeteria was on the corner. See, now, I remember, uh, I don't remember Bob's at all. Yeah, it was on the corner. I remember the what became the Wood Duck, but it was Price's when I was a little boy down there. Yeah. Um, well, that was the highlight of the day. Sometimes right. we got to go work with, with my grandma and grandpa at the store. store. Yeah, and, and when, we, uh, when we worked with them in the morning, they always take us over for chocolate milk at Price's as yeah. a break. That was that was the highlight of the the week when you got to go. Well, my highlight was on Saturday mornings. Dad would take me down to Gussie's for steak and eggs. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess there were more because Gussie's was down there. Yeah, there were a lot more restaurants than I remember. Yeah. Um, well, it was right next to the Rialto. Yes. Yeah, uh, there were a lot of, and and there wasn't quite the internet. I mean, the, there was the movie theaters. Yeah, but now you have two theaters, two live theaters. Uh, you have a, an art. I mean, the Harlan Artist wasn't. We have two live theaters downtown. Yeah, Reese and uh, uh, Wild Rose Moon. Oh, okay. Well, different tor- type of different theaters. types completely. Yeah. But two and but once they are again, theaters. Yes, you you wouldn't usually see more than one in yeah. a town this size. We got. Two venues. Now, Reese can be used for a lot of different other things, yeah, too. Yeah. But, um, you've got two facilities of that kind. You've got... Uh, I was kind of disappointed to see the uh, after COVID that... Was it Granny's over here went out? Yeah. Didn't just decided I was... Yeah, I'm not... I don't know what happened there. I got a feeling it was kind of, I'm not... I don't but see, when we... This. When uh, Granny's first started on Michigan Street... Yeah, I remember that. And it was called Harold's Pizza. Yes, I remember. You could watch them throw the pizza in the window. And uh, Down by the river. Know, we moved out of town. Uh, my wife at the time and I, we went out east. And whenever we'd come back, we had to go to oh, yeah. Harold's. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was good. I remember. And Snyder's way out of, well, it was way out there across from the park. In those days, Burger oh, Chef kind of, yeah, Burger Chef kind of ended there was the, like that's where the world ended right there, at Burger Chef. It was just a drop off. I mean, you know, the world's flat. And that was Burger the that, yeah, Bur- Burger King. Burger Chef was the end of because none of that stuff was out there. Right. 
Um, but yeah, that was that was where cruising stopped. It was where I, the whole world ended, right? No, that was uh... which is symphony now. No, well, and at yeah. the other at the other end, it was Penguin Point. No, no, turn no. around and come back. North was uh, Snyder's Drive-In. Yeah, there was up there. That's what we used to circle. See, See I never that was, did that there. We drove around Snyder's because they had uh, uh, car hop service. So they had a big, that, long canopy like right. out, and car hops would wait on you. By the time there, I was participating in cruising, not much, Mom and Dad, not very often, just once in a while. He's lying again. Uh, it lasted about five minutes, too, because my buddy would say, I'm not spending gas on this, and he would go. But, uh-huh. um, uh, yeah, we'd turn around Penguin. And then the other place was the shopping center across the street from McDonald's. There was Croker's out there eventually when I was in school. You see, that none of that was there. It was just, uh, it was just Snyder's it, Drive-In. Yeah. And uh, then West was the Big Mug. Yeah, West was the Big Mug. And that was our route around... I'm, Snyder's and yeah. around the big mud. So you guys went west. Yeah, we never went south. See, we always went north and south. Where there was nothing south other than Penguin Point. Right. That's where you'd turn around and come back the other way. And I always wondered what... What thrill did we yeah, get? Yeah, what was the thrill of that? I, don't, <laughs> I uh, just don't... I don't get why we liked you, that. Because that's what everybody did. Yeah, I guess that's what everybody did. I guess it was a social thing. More yeah. than anything else, you just got to see And you'd people. see something, and you'd stop and talk to them, you know. Yeah. I don't, well, once again, my memory is selective, but I don't remember any real trouble no. that happened, and, you know. No. I know everybody always used to talk about how those hoodlum kids hanging around, we got to break this up and make sure it doesn't happen anymore because they're destroyed. We're all afraid to go downtown because those hoodlums are down there. That's all I ever heard. When I was a kid. Really? That people were afraid to go downtown because of us kids. Because we were unruly and out of control. But see, now you don't see many kids downtown. Mm -mm. Don't see any. It's slowly, very slowly, starting to come back a little bit. Yeah. You are seeing some kids downtown after school. But see, remember, there's a lot of things down there for a kid. You had Harvey's, you go buy candy. I mean, you, you see what I'm saying? There were well, a lot of places. Bart's that Fiesta they could go. Grill was our hangout. Yeah. See, we would hang out at Pizza King. It's Pizza Bill's now, but it, yeah. it's same. I mean, it wasn't like well, anything uh, changed. Bart's was name. gone by your time, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, pretty much. I think when I was in junior high, but after that, it was gone. Um,. But, yeah, we'd hang out at Pizza King. But that was our hangout. Yours was Bart's? Yeah. Yeah, we used to. And that was the other big thing with Pizza King. My job every day was to order the pizza for lunch. Because if we had to go in and order it, it would take too long. Too long, long. yeah. So since I passed the payphone on my way to chemistry class every day, it was my job to stop at that payphone and order the pizza for lunch for all of us. That's funny. We never went out for lunch. Oh, we did every time. We were out every day. We hardly ever stayed in. The only time we stayed in was if we had something we had to do. We hung out with our friends at lunch. And see, so did we. We went down there. That's where we'd go. We'd all get in the car. And the other place we used to hang out, especially on Tuesdays, I've told this story a hundred times, it's Coney Dog Day at A&W. 
and we'd go there and see how many Coney dogs we could consume. And it was considerable. I'm glad they knew we were coming every Tuesday. It it shows. (laughs) It does, doesn't it? It does. All these years later, I'm still working off one of those hot dogs. Yeah, one day we we were at Bart's, and somebody said, I don't know, something about driving up Garrow Street backwards. Okay. So I did. Okay. You know. You were wild, man. I can't think of anything wilder than that. <laughs> unruly. You unruly hoodlum. They, they never they never learned not to give me a challenge. Oh, yeah. I believe that, Jim. I really believe that entirely. If it could be done, I did it. Yeah. I believe that entirely. But I bet, but I bet it was still just good fun i don't think you probably ever oh, no no did anything no that was more I mean, the than the most i could have got was a ticket yeah you know that was I mean, any I more wasn't than... destroying property yeah or, yeah yeah no it was just fun for us those are the things i can't understand that's more prevalent is the destroying property thing because it never ever entered my mind even slightly no, that it was... would be fun to ruin something for somebody i don't know why that would bring any pleasure to anyone i know it I, that baffles me but still today it baffles you still today it baffles me uh-huh. it's so far out of anything i would think of to do that i just can't imagine thinking to do it i you know i used to deface some of my brothers and sisters property but that was different that's that's family that's different that's not uh, the same on you i know i I was a good kid. I didn't I didn't drive backwards up Garrow Street. I didn't really drive at all. You didn't drag race down Michigan Street? When in my day you couldn't have done that. It was pretty much In my much, day you couldn't have either, but uh, we did it. Oh, how did you do that if it was bumper to bumper both ways? Well, it was usually from the uh, viaduct up. Yeah. We'd race up. From the up. viaduct up. Yeah, we'd race from there to the corner. <laughs> you know, you rev your engine a little bit, and the 409 sitting next to you. And... I feel like I'm living in a Beach Boys song right now. <laughs> just... I just loved fast cars. Yeah, I... I knew a I lot still of do. Guys. I just don't have any. See, that's the thing. Back in the cruising days, somehow, some way, Kevin Obermeyer and I knew each other back then. We were always in the same places. I don't remember him at all. He doesn't remember me at all. But we had the same friends, and we've talked before, and we tell the same story. So we were at a lot of places together, and I don't remember that at all. And you were even sober back yeah, then. Yeah, I was. I really was. <laughs> And he was a little bit older, a couple of years, um, and he was good friends with my uh, best friend's brother, hmm. but I I don't remember him at all. He has no clue. <laughs> That's weird, isn't it? Yeah, but it was somebody, I mean, you know, he says, oh, remember when, the, and I'm like, yeah, well, I was, I remember. I was there. Him. I was there. I don't, I don't remember you, but I don't know. 
I like Kevin's idea for the Humane Society. I do, too. I don't think you can... You've you got to find the money for it, but... Well, like he said, if they sell that yeah. building, you know, if the state buys it... And it's going to, eventually. And maybe they ought to push that along, because that is dangerous down there at the yeah. Humane Society. Yeah. I've had to go down there several times to get my cats fixed. <laughs> okay. But trying to get back out and go north on 31 mm-hmm. is is dangerous. Yeah. Well, every one of those, in, I mean, 10, we all know about 10. Well, yeah, but 31. there's a caution light there. Yeah. I mean, and you're expecting, you should be expecting something. Yeah, you should. But they're at uh, 13th <clears throat> Road. That's a bear. Yeah. Because there's that whole long area where you can pull in the middle, and you don't know where to go once you're in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I think it would be good for the inmates. Yeah, it would be. I mean, you know, well, and that's I mean, a, no, they have programs like that all over the world and are all over this uh, country right now. And I remember watching a documentary about one of them. It was just um, they had like guys on death row coming in to take care of the dogs. Mm-hmm. And they each got their own dog. Yeah. And that was their job to take care of that dog. And they say they change. In the inmates is just because... What, before they executed him? <laughs> I don't know how many places still really get around to executing somebody, but they were they were on some kind of that and... Because uh, it give, gave them something to look forward to, to a being that loved them unconditionally. And it yeah. really made a change in their approach to, to life and their attitude. And I can see how it would because you know you have your cats. Yeah. They make you feel good, don't they? When you're they're when they're hanging. But <laughs> you don't really. You're saying that to keep up your image. You don't really feel that. I open about the your back cats. door in the morning to get the paper, and I got six <laughs> cats in the house. I would think you would enjoy that. Be like having your kids back. Well, today I was trying to read the paper, but it was sitting on it. One of them. And then the one just crawls up on my wife's lap in the morning and just lays there and sleeps. Of course. Morning. We got weird names for him, though. <laughs> the one that really likes her is called Back. Back? Yeah. Well, we had two black and white cats. Okay. okay? One of them has a white front leg, and the other one has a white back leg. So my wife called him front and back. <laughs> that's actually pretty clever. That's actually pretty good. I kind that, That's I, the only I way like we that. can remember their names. Well, I believe you. I can't remember my kids' names unless I give them things like that. You know? Yeah. Oh, that's Moody Guy. That's Brat. <laughs> Let's get into everything, guy. Then we got Satan. <laughs> oh, you have a cat named Satan? It's either Satan or Lucy. <laughs> oh, what? We haven't decided yet. Lucifer. Oh, oh, okay. There is Lucy's a... short for Lucifer. Yeah. Like, there used to be an old cartoon, Lucy, Daughter of the Devil. <laughs> so you could do you. you I think Lucy has got to be. Is it a girl? I don't know yet. Oh, okay. 
haven't had her have haven't had it fixed yet. Well, and I'm not good. This isn't going to come out right. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to say. I know where it's. I'm going. not going to say it. I think I know where that's going. I, I, I haven't really done an do. anatomy check. <laughs> you know, even on an animal that bothers me. <laughs> if I have to look, I mean, it's like. Why am I looking at any living thing's private parts? I don't think this is right. Well, some of them you can't avoid. Uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, Our son on has, the... a, has a dog that, yeah. he, that he got from the Humane Society. Sure. And, you know, it's a sweet dog. We really enjoy it. Yeah. He usually brings him down every night. Yeah. About 9 o'clock and I go to bed. And he comes in and wants his snack. There you go. So your 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 grandpa snacks is that who you are? Yeah, <laughs> grandma and grandpa for buddy. Uh. Uh, dogs, yeah, dogs are. Um, my son found one out to Humane Society that he fell in love with, and now he's bugging me to bring it home. And I'm like, we rent, Nate. <laughs> bring it. Dog home. That's. I think that might bring a raised eyebrow or two from the people who own the house. A second dog. Nah, I don't. We had to fight had for to, the first. Well, one. not fight, but you know, I I even felt bad asking because you know most people don't. But you know, she's little, and we take we take care of her, so it's not like. Yeah, it's funny. She walks faster than you do. Yeah, she does. You see me out walking. Yeah. Yeah. You need to bring it to work with you. I want to, but she's not used to here yet. If I bring her in when there's very little commotion. She's okay. She's kind of okay. She sits right at my feet, and every time I stand up, she runs straight to the door. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, she's got to get in. The one thing I'm worried, she likes to bark at people when she doesn't know them. I'm afraid if somebody walks in, yeah, she's roaming around the front office and starts barking at it. And I'm like, yeah, that's real. Uh, that's not annoying at all. <laughs> so might, might break the monotony. It might. I just want her to feel more comfortable, people, so she'll go out. People and, might be just listening for the dog to bark, which is more exciting than listening. You to know, you. I, I, yeah, it is. I could interview my dog. Yeah, there you go. Hmm. I never thought of that, Jim. Yeah. That's good. But I I would like to see them have their own facility. I mean, what was that originally? I don't remember. It was I don't need it. But the they bought it. The county bought it. I think they should get started on the idea right away. Yeah. I think she, I think Kevin said he's already talked to MDOT, and their indication was it's going to be a little later rather than sooner, but I got a feeling he's going to... Well, borrow the money from another fund and replace it when you sell it. I mean, you could do that. They can they can do anything if they work at it. <laughs> Can't you, Kevin? <laughs> he's gonna, he's I'm in trouble love, now. Yeah, he's going to love you. you. You may get a call. He'll probably you. come in for a hot dog today. <laughs> <laughs> Just so he can accuse me of... Yeah, there Something. you go. I, but that that building was never intended to house animals. I mean, it just wasn't. And and the thing that amazes me when I go in there is how clean that place is. I mean, it's spick and span all the time. 
I don't know how they do it. Yeah. Because there's not a lot of money going in there. No. The county pays a certain amount, but I know Nancy spends almost all of her life fundraising. I, animals are, you know, cats and dogs. It's just sad. Yeah. I agree with you. I mean. I've, I've spent more on fat bills than I have my own health trying to get them fixed. <laughs> yeah. You're a good man, Jim. You really are. Well, you know, it just, it's sad. Yeah. And I lost my, one of them a couple of weeks ago. Got out on Jefferson Street. Oh. She still had four babies. Oh. Oh. So I had to bury her. But it's weird because she's one that I never got close to. Yeah. Well. But she was there the longest. <laughs> <laughs> Just wanting the food. Yeah, that could be. You feed them. That's the problem. You feed them, Jim. Is that the problem? That's the problem. You feed them. If you feed them, they will come. Yeah, I guess. I'm guessing. I have the same problem. I've got some community cats that, for some reason, my wife felt it'd be a good idea to give them a little food. Has she got them fixed yet? No. And she may be bringing them in the house, but that's not when I'm there. So mm. I don't think she does. So Doggy doesn't like cats very much. Really? My son's got two cats along with his dog. My dog will get along with some cats. Matter of fact, she got used to the ones that are outside. And so she doesn't. I mean, it's it's not a friendly exchange, but it's not she tolerates angry. It. She tolerates it. Um, actually, I think in that case, it'd be the cats tolerating her, because I got a feeling a street cat would... Rip her apart. Yeah, because she's pretty spoiled. Mm. <laughs> so, But we've got some neighbor... And, and it's funny, because my neighbor next door, uh, it was sitting on my porch, and she went by one day. I said... And she's oh that cat's been here longer than I have. So that cat was living in this it was just the neighborhood cat before I yeah. even moved in. So, uh, and we got two of them that are identical orange cats, absolutely identical. You can't tell the difference between the two of them. The only way I know that there's two of them is because they were both standing together one yeah, day. Yeah, that's the only way. That's the only way. I always thought it was the same orange cat. Now I got two of See, them. That's why we named them front and back. <clears throat> Somebody noticed the difference. See, I don't. I'd. Ha, I have only seen them. There's a difference. You just haven't found. I it. I just haven't found it. Yeah, I can't see it. Um, but yeah, they they were standing together on one of my neighbor's porches. So that's the thing. They just go from house to house, getting yeah, <laughs> what's out there. <laughs> oh, we got man. two long-haired black ones that hang around, and you used to be able to tell the difference because one would let you hold it the sure one wouldn't but now they'll both let you hold them so they get used to you i just call them both names. now do you how many do you do you let them in the house at all no well they come in but they don't live in the house see i don't yeah i don't i don't even want i, I, I would have a, i would have a choice there. my my problem is i and get, i can't afford the other choice so my problem is I feel like if I, I let them in, they're going to never, I mean, they're going to want to stay in. And I, no, uh, no, uh-uh. No, if, if 
we may have five or six in the house in the morning. But I'll say, okay, let's eat. And oh, because it's, yeah. In the door. Yeah. Yeah. Eating time. Yep. And then um, they all will run. Uh, cats. I like cats. I another just... cat story. You got another cat story? No. That's okay. what the show is. Yes. Another well, I mean, cat. the internet's nothing but cat pictures and food. Hmm. Haven't you? You've been on Facebook. Yeah. For some reason, everybody takes a picture of their food. Amy's her name. Amy's the... Amy Knapp. Oh, that's right. Yes. Okay, we came up with it. Is there a reason why you... Yeah. Uh, I remember the name Jim Lallement, uh on Facebook messaged me. Right. He's been trying to find Ray Roth. Okay, yeah. And he can't. So I was directing him towards... Oh, yeah. And I, 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 I talked to Amy a couple of weeks ago, and she told me, but I don't remember for sure, and I don't want to say the wrong thing. Yeah. So I just directed him to call uh, his daughter, and I, all I could remember was her last name. Yeah. So, Amy, if you're listening, Jim Lollamont <laughs> needs to get a hold of you to find out where your father is. Well, now you put it out there, somebody may call and tell us. I don't know. Maybe Ray will call. <laughs> that would be fun. Oh, anyway, I'm going to, let's take a break. Uh, Are we that boring already? No, it's just. Just what? It's getting close to guest time, so I thought we'd go ahead and take a break and then uh, go from there. We got three scratch-offs. Three scratch-offs. Three scratch-offs from the Hoosier Lottery. And you're going to give them all away at the same time? Yeah, I'm going to give them all away at the same time. What I'm gonna do? I argue with that every time. Yeah, but but you won't change. Well, we usually give, and when we do it later in the week, we give three away. I'm not gonna cheat Monday's winner out of a ticket or two. I mean, come on, that wouldn't be fair. Whatever, wouldn't be fair. Whatever. We're gonna give three scratch offs to the Hoosier Lottery. Who's gonna get it? Caller number. I can't count. I can't count that high. Seven. 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 Okay. All right. Seven. Caller number seven. Five seven four nine three six four zero nine six. Five seven four nine three six four zero nine six. Three scratch offs from the Hoosier Lottery on the line. So start calling. At Co Alliance Propane, we treat our customers like neighbors because it's exactly what we are. Co Alliance isn't some company across the country. We're across the county. We work, play, and live right here in Marshall County with programs like Summer Fill, Budget, and Fixed Price. You can choose the program that works best for you. Visit co alliancepropane.com for more details, including 50 free gallon offers for new and existing customers. Co-Alliance Propane, seriously local. Following Fest is back. And the best rides in the world, man! Uh, you can do that, I'm gonna eat. Friday, September 23rd through Sunday, September 25th in Walkerton. With the big booming fireworks! We're transforming John Glenn High School into a full-blown carnival midway with kids' rides and big rides. Live entertainment. One gigantic garage sale. Look what I got! We kick it off Friday with a huge parade. And the food is so good. Following Fest is brought to you by Teachers Credit Union, R&B Car Company, Larry and Jenna. Followingfest.com. Are you looking for a new hauler for trash removal? Call Apex Waste. Large or small, we'll take your call. When you choose Apex Waste, there's no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and no taxes. What we say is what you pay. 
Apex Waste is a local family-owned company that is dedicated to reliable, friendly service. Call Apex Waste at 574-896-APEX. That's 574-896-2739. Or visit us online at apexwaste.net. Give it up for Monday. Clap your hands on Monday. Let's dance, it's Monday. It's a happy Monday. It's never over till the listener gives his view here on What's Your Opinion on WTCA in Plymouth. Call now, 574-936-4096, or tell us what you think or text, 574-307-6647. Now here's Kathy and Rusty. We are back. Are we going to get serious now? Yeah, we are. We are. Uh, it's about time. Tim H. is our winner of our tickets. Thanks, Tim, for playing our game. I'm still waiting for you to say Jim V. Jim B? Yeah. Is Jim Vidal? Yeah, is our winner. Oh, well, you didn't call in, so that yeah. has a lot to do with... Probably illegal for me, too. Well, not illegal. In, in With your rules. Well, yeah. Okay. All right. Enough of that. Eric Halsop with us on. from the uh, uh, St. Joe Jeez, uh, Regional Medical... What, why am... Why am Happy Monday. My brain Maybe is, he should introduce himself. I, yeah, <laughs> he'd do a lot better than that scintillating uh, introduction. But um, I, I know that you uh, came in just to talk about the hospital because people still have those questions. Did you introduce him going on? Or did I yes, it? I did! <laughs> I'm sitting here. I must have missed it. You must have missed it. Okay. Um I think the biggest question people have is on on your doctors and the uh, you know the full staff or yep. the, the things they can and can't get now. So, can you maybe talk to to how that's going right now? Yeah, absolutely. So you know, I, I know that we've we were on uh, probably about a month ago uh, discussing yeah. where things were at, and um, you know, the the key pieces are we remain open. Um, and I understand that it's not as easy to get in with primary care, and we're working on that. And there have been a lot of shifts, and a lot of those shifts were unforeseen shifts. Um, but, you know, we want to make sure that we're able to provide the care that's needed within the community. And um, for those folks that have had difficulties, you know, I, I apologize for that. And we want to make sure that we're able to um, to get the help that you need. Um, and so the the primary care practices, we've got uh, a total of five folks that have um, come in or are in the process of coming in. Um, we've got Dr. Amadi who will be coming in in October, and uh, she does uh, primary care and OB, which is extremely exciting for, for the group in, right. at Ple- Plymouth Family and Trauma Medicine downtown. And then we've got a, mo- a lot of multiple providers that are going into the LifePlex um, where we've, we've had some of those, uh, those gaps there. So the primary care, um, we, we want to make sure that uh, folks are able to get in. If you're struggling to get in, please uh, contact the office directly. If you're still having difficulties uh, getting in or reaching uh, through the phone, we can call the COVID hotline, and I'll, I'll make sure that um, 
that line is uh, put out there on WTCA for everybody to, to be able to see. Um, it's also on Facebook and should be just an easy click there for folks um, to be able to access that. What has been the, the problem? Is it just finding folks? I mean, obviously, everybody's having trouble finding workers. So is it just the trouble finding doctors that's been the problem? Yeah, so it's been a it's been a period of adjustment for sure, um, in which we've had uh, some folks retire. We've yeah. had the we've had some unforeseen circumstances, and then we've also just it, it's not easy to find docs yeah. or NPs, right? It's it's not that we have a lot of them hanging out in our back pocket to be able to to just right. shift, and so the recruitment has been pretty successful, if you will, looking at you know Marshall County and the, the needs that exist there. Um, so we were able to bring in six with uh, some additional potentials uh, to the area, which is, is exactly what we want in a uh, shorter period of time. And we'll continue to, to maintain that recruitment um, to be able to bring more, um, more folks in. And, and the beauty of, of COVID, if you will, is that it has opened up the door for some tele components in which uh, folks are able to connect remotely. Uh, so we're able to, to reach outside of our borders within Marshall County um, to be able to get help in those areas that, that are needed. And then, you know, I just, I also want to cover, make sure we understand where we're at with specialty care. Yes. There's been a lot of rumors circulating yes. around in regards to, uh, to cardiology, uh, especially at the hospital. So we continue to have Dr. Singla and Dr. Addo in place. Uh, and they're they're there Monday through Friday. They they provide coverage on the inpatient side too. Um, they're not doing procedures at the hospital, um, and but uh, we have Mishawaka to be able to be the, the location in which they do surgical procedures, surgical interventions. Um, but they are really the gatekeepers uh, for us in Plymouth and the outpatient side. They are they're they're extremely busy. Oh, yeah. making sure that folks are able to, to get in and get their cardiac issues addressed. And so <clears throat> we just want to make sure that if you have questions in regards to what is being offered in that space, please contact the office. They'll, they'll be able to walk you through. They're still, they're still open and, and able to, uh, to see you. So um, we want to make sure that the, right. their regular scheduled visits or should be regularly scheduled visits right. are occurring and we don't want anybody to have any conditions that get worse for lack they, of being They've talked about uh, different sections of the hospital being closed. Yep. Uh, rumors, mm-hmm. okay, and I don't know for sure. They were talking about intensive care closed mm-hmm. and, uh, what, OB? Or, uh, yeah, so uh, we'll, we'll go through where the— are, You're going to go through all Yeah, that? I can go through the list again yeah. for what, us. What so um, within the hospital itself, we did close the critical care unit. And the critical care unit, um, when we looked at the, the patients that we were seeing in that space, um, we saw a, a level of illness or acuity that was equivalent to something called step down. So it's a, it's, they're not as sick as the most critically ill patients. Um, and those patients are typically managed on a medical floor, on a general medical floor. And so given our volumes that we were seeing and what we were having in the community and given where we were at as a, as a system, as really healthcare in general, we had to make the decision for right now to close a critical care unit. And we utilized our critical care staff, the team, to mentor our medical surgical class, our, our nurses, to be able to, to make sure that they were able to have the highest skill set possible 
to be able to manage those patients. So the reality of it is we did close a department that was labeled as critical care, and we opened up a step-down and medical surgical floor to be able to manage the exact same patients that we had in our building before, okay. with the exception of maybe one per one per week that would be needing to transfer to Mishawaka. And again, when we look at all the services that are offered in that space, you want to make sure that you're going to an area that is able to get you to see the specialists in the most timely manner possible. So if you are critically ill and you need to be able to see somebody who has experience treating kidneys function, neurology, you know, some of the, the orthopedics, any of those in which they have something that is really, they're really sick, they're able to see that specialist sooner, that's what's happening. Okay. And so we're able to continue to see those patients that are sick on our medical surgical. The other piece to that is um, if somebody is more critical in nature and they need to have surgery, they may not have surgery in Plymouth for some of those things that we saw previously. So that is another side effect to it. But they go to Mishawaka and they're they're able to be treated there. They can have their follow up as well at one time I had uh appen- emergency appendectomy. Yep. And they did that in Plymouth. Correct. And that would now, stay in Plymouth. That yep. emergency surgeries like that would still stay yep. in Plymouth. Okay. Yep. yep. Um it, it, Unless, and I'll give you the disclaimer, unless <laughs> you were severely unstable yeah, and right. there was a high risk that there were, there were other issues. Yeah. Yep. But otherwise, they'll, Which they'll is stay a smart in Plymouth. Move. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's it. We, we wanted to make a decision that was still, you know, that would, would be a win win, if you will. It's, it's not a, a win shutting down any department. I'll just say that. But, right. But able to keep us in so, a stable position to move forward. And, you know, we are hopeful. That as things continue to progress, we start having other discussions again. It's not a continual construction. Um, So another service line that was determined that we were not going to offer anymore was our inpatient pediatrics. So if somebody that's under the age of 18 came in, um, we were not going to offer that on our medical surgical floor any longer. It's an additional competency to maintain, and we were asking our our staff to be able to upskill in our progressive care in this the step down unit um, and to be able to maintain competence in, in pediatrics uh, was not going to be a, a good decision um, based off of the number of kids we typically see so we would be seeing like one kid every quarter and, and so it's not getting the repetitions in to maintain a high level of competency and, and we felt that that was the best move to be able to say we need them to go to a higher level of care in which they have regular repetitions treating those kids. It's not that they couldn't do it. We've got a great team, but they're not going to be the highest trained in that and, and greatest skilled. It's kind of like if you're playing football, you got to get the reps in in order to be right. you know, efficient with it. Yeah. Just pulling off the bench in which you haven't had those reps, you may struggle a little bit. And as a parent, I, I, I wouldn't want any struggle in that care. And so that decision was made to pull our inpatient pediatrics. What about emergencies for those? So for emergencies with those, if it is truly emergent in nature, um, they're going to be shipped right away to Mishawaka because we want to make sure that they have, if they need further care, that they're able to be seen. Okay. Um, And there are opportunities in, in Plymouth in which we look at surgery scheduling. If it's not an emergent, that they'd be able to come in in the morning be seen in surgery, have their surgery there, and then be 
you know, seen and kept in our outpatient surgery and discharged from there to home. We just want to make sure that they have the care that they need and that there's not, we're not putting the patients and the family at risk. So like a football player breaks his arm, you'd still treat that. Correct. Locally. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I guess that wasn't coming across that way to me. Right. Right. Well, and this is the reason why we're here, right? right I yeah. mean, there's, there are lots of things swirling around out there. And we want to make sure that uh, folks have that, that understanding of what we are doing and what we're trying to do. And it's, again, it's not this constriction in which we're, we're closing down service. I don't know how many times I've heard, you know, Plymouth is going to be the Band-Aid station. We're just going to have an ER or, you know, we're turning into a nursing home or, you know, the, yeah. the, the rumors are abundant in nature. And so the, I, I do want to cover the last piece that of the area that we closed. We closed down our pulmonology practice, and that was just um, we we were having serve. We have service in Mishawaka, and it's not there are not pulmonary needs in in Plymouth, but we need to make sure that um, as we look at the specialty services that we have, we have to make sure that we're doing the best that we can, especially as we look at the financial status with. With healthcare in general, we have to be wise in how we're doing it. That's the hard so, part. I know. Money's always involved. Money is always involved, no matter what you, <laughs> no matter how you cut it. So you've got to run it like a business. Absolutely, as, and as much as we want to be able to be everything to everybody, um, we just can't, and that's the reality yeah. of of healthcare right now. And, and so, we we have to take a look at the services we offer. And obviously, primary care is one of those that we <clears> want to be in, we will be in, and we will continue to be in. We just have to get more providers right. into the area, and that does take some time. Well, I know in the intensive care, um, and this has been a number of years ago, I've, I've either been in there to visit or as a patient, um, and I know that I never had an emergency, but there were no beds, in the re- so we're going to have him here until a bed opens. If I remember right, I never saw more than one other person in there anyway. So you got all this this space. Honestly, from a business standpoint, that doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? I mean, that's the bottom line. It you're not it? seeing enough patients to pay for the, and it's not cheap. The tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars that you're spending there. Yeah, and I, you know, this is that's a the hard part is we never want to to place the the dollar over the patient right but you have um, made the change we still have to we yeah. still have to make sure that we're able to keep our doors open so right. we get to care for those patients which right is our bottom line we want to make sure that we're doing what's best for the patients um and be able to to remain um in business right and in right presence well of marshall county that leads me to the next question i have because i want to i want to get this out because i think people have a terrible misconception yeah of what covid did to you guys because i remember people calling and saying well they're getting paid for every covid patient that was not the case none of that was the case you guys got stung the way everybody else did by covid yeah so so covid 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 has been interesting in healthcare in general again it's it's not just a plymouth thing it's not just a saint joe thing um in the time of COVID, funds were released to be able to help to offset the costs that were there. Um, you have a, a mix of higher labor costs because there is a shortage of staff in all areas, nursing, respiratory, your, your doctors, all of those people that are trying to learn a new disease state as rapidly as possible and be in the midst of a highly intense um, treatment program recovery program 
from COVID to be able to manage. And the census was a roller coaster. Yeah. And once that, once you hit that peak, when you had a high level of patience with high level of acuity with, you know, their, their temperamental, if you will, in nature, in, in which they can, they can go downhill very, very quickly. Right. And so it's not like you can say, well, you, you know, we, we don't have enough staff, uh, to be able to manage. Um, you really had to do everything you possibly oh, yeah. could. And so there was this, this rush, this push to have it, you know, to get the staff and pay the price to be able to have them in your doors. So labor costs were high. Supply costs are high. Right. If any bit, you look at any business, not just healthcare, supply costs are super high. You know, look at delays, right? Yeah. Um, delays in shipping, delays in all that, that plays a part into it. So your supply costs are high. And then it's hard to, as we get to this point of burnout, as you, oh, get, yeah. You, yeah. you see this, this resignation of folks in which they're really saying, is it, is it worth it to be in healthcare any longer? Do I have work-life balance? Do I, you know, do I want to remain in it? So you see folks leaving earlier than what they might have otherwise. So all of those come to a head, and and it causes a shift. It causes uh, a, an imbalance as you look at the finances. Right. So the cost for co- covering COVID, drug drug expenses, and everything else are extremely high. There were cases in which we didn't make any money. We were paying to take care of patients. Right. And from a hospital perspective, we can't necessarily discharge. We couldn't discharge patients to nursing homes if they were COVID positive. No. Because yeah. they either didn't have staff or they had too many COVID patients. And so then we only get reimbursed so much. Yeah. And and then so from there, you just keep on paying to take care of the patients. And so that causes the those funds to right. to flow out. It, it, it's it's not like you would typically think. We don't get to raise our prices. Um just because the costs go up. It's determined by what insurance will pay, what right. the government pays for it. And because of that, we're left having to make these choices of how we are going to manage so we can maintain operations and it, it's it's a different phenomenon and we are we are figuring things out what healthcare looks like moving forward and that is the state of every healthcare system right. in the u.s in yeah. five years from now it could be completely different it could be i hope so i would <laughs> hope so yeah um and and really the we have to do better about being healthy as a nation i mean that's our our uh, the cost of healthcare is crazy high and the cost of insurance is crazy high. And we have to make sure that we're getting the appropriate reimbursement and the appropriate focus in the areas that make the difference. Otherwise we will continue to have this escalation. Yeah. Well, I know, I know uh, uh, several nurses that during the whole COVID thing, this, this was so anti-intuitive actually we're losing shifts and they weren't working as much because they were in the lab or they were, and everything had to be shifted down to take care of COVID patients. At the, I mean, you weren't allowed to do any uh, 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 by choice surgeries. I forgot the word. Yep. Yeah, you know, and all that stuff. And and the hospital makes. Let's face it, hospital makes money on the the choice surgeries. I mean, you don't have to have them. Those were gone. I mean, you know, it, it just seemed to me like <laughs> I heard people all the time bashing the hospital. I'm like, dude, you know what they're going through over there. The people that are working are overworking, and then you don't have any work for other people. So, I mean, you guys were dealing with that too. Yeah, it's a it's a challenge, and and from the the 
other perspective, it's it's a polarized issue as you look oh, at yeah. as you look at COVID, yeah. as you look at vaccines, as yeah. you look at everything else. So, yeah. no matter what stance you take, you're going to have an opposition. And I get it. Yeah, I, I get it. Um, unfortunately, it's just trying to find where that middle ground is uh, to be able to to move forward because. Um, there, there are things we we know COVID. We know COVID is real. Yeah, it definitely is real. We see the yeah. after effects of it, and we see the loss and the hole that it has left in the community. Um, so, we're we're working our way through it, and I'm I'm hopeful that we can regain, reestablish that trust, and be able to um, be be in the community right. as much as we have been. And and so it's not it. I'll just say this. Sometimes people ask for sponsorships or some other things, and we can't say yes to everything because we have to, by saying yes to right. something, we're saying no to something else. And so coming out of COVID by virtue of, of us not being able to participate because of social distancing and other things, we are also having to look at it financially now, but we want to be a part of the community. We want to be right. very involved. It, it just, we can't be everything to everybody. Well, it, like as we a business owner, that's a nightmare. It is. You've got everybody and their brother wanting a donation. That is that is correct. You know, and, and people don't understand what a business, including the hospital, has to go through to get that money. Mm-hmm. And then they don't even, in your case, they don't have a choice. But in my case, they don't even patronize me. But yet they come in and want us to donate. Mm-hmm. I mean, where do you think this money's coming from? <laughs> Somewhere. I mean, I, I, they don't want to go to the hospital. Right. But sometimes they have to. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Correct. And, you know, I, we want people to want to go to the hospital for the care that will keep them from coming to the hospital there, later there on, go. right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so that's our due – we have due diligence to make sure that we are getting those those primary care providers open panels and making sure that we're able to uh, be here for them. And, and you know, we're, we're getting there slowly but surely. And uh, – we're looking forward to the new ones that are coming in. I just had a question. I lost it again. Monday, again. Um, Is that why you bring me in on Monday? Yeah, because you're a little bit more awake than me, but not much. Um, Thank you. <laughs> oh, I wanted to go back to the intensive care a little bit. I um, Make sure I understand this. So basically what you've done is you have, they had the unit that was normally intensive care, which is all that equipment and everything, and, and it's a costly thing. Uh-huh. Um, but you haven't done away with intensive care. It's just not as extensive as it used to be. Am I, am I hearing that right? Or Yes and no. Okay. <laughs> so by, you know, by the standards, by accreditation, what we have, um, we have closed our – critical care unit the space is still there our beds are still there right we are just not utilizing it as a critical care okay okay um we are providing that service in other aspects of the hospital that are it's not critical care okay it is a notch lower than sure. that so we had a period in time in which we were treating a lot of those patients that we're now still treating in that critical care sure. space it's just they're not, you know, they're yeah. now on a different unit. Right. If at any point the hospital said, yes, we want to open up critical care, we could open up critical care again as long as we had the intensivist coverage for that, um, meaning the doctors to be right. able to provide that coverage for it. And 
um, is we haven't said, no, we're not having these beds anymore, or we're taking them off of our, our licensure. They're still there. Yeah. They're still available. And so I'm kind of getting the feeling that that even has a little bit to do with staffing because you have to have a doctor at a different level to deal with critical care because it's a whole different thing. And there are, you don't have those guys, right? Is that, am I hearing that right? Or? Um, we, we have, we have those guys still in okay. different capacity. So we have a, we had a team in Mishawaka that was covering in Plymouth as well. Okay. Um, it, but we don't have to staff them in, in Plymouth. Sure. Um, and nursing too. I mean, nursing isn't covering the critical care. They're now involved right. with our medical surgical. So they're joining, they joined two units joined together. So that way the staffing ratios look a lot better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I, well, I know criti- the critical care ahead. is tough because, you know, I think I'm dying, but you're the doctor saying, no, you're not. <laughs> you know, I mean, when you're in the hospital, it's a different feeling. Yeah, absolutely. It's a different feeling. You know, and as far as I'm concerned, I'm dying and yet I'm not in critical care. You right. know, right. But how do you explain that to a patient? You know, I mean, that's the tough part that right. I would see. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, the, the key thing is, uh, the, the good news is your labs or whatever else <laughs> we're using to help to drive that, that those key things that we can look at and say, yes, we know this for sure. It's not a, I'm just looking at you and yeah, I think you're doing all right. It's a, these <laughs> but I'm things, dying. Yeah. These, these levels are all at, at a point in which you are stable. We're not, we're not worried about you going downhill very fast. So you get to be over here versus if you're, but I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> I the, mean, it gets to that point. The good news is not today. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes, we are all we're all dying in some aspect. Uh, so far as the primary, I tried to bring some humor. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> fine. <laughs> so far as the primary care, you said uh, you're still looking for even more doctors. You're oh, bringing yeah. in five. A month. Do I remember yep. that right? So we've got um, we've got the we've got actually we've got one more coming in now. So we are now at uh, four, waiting on our fifth. And the the last one is Dr. Amadi coming in to uh, Plymouth Family and Intramedicine downtown. So we we're again, yeah, we are continuing to recruit. We will always be recruiting for primary care. And um, so if anybody has a primary care physician that's a, a friend that would like a job, please send him my way. <laughs> well, that that you know, once again, your staffing is is the same issue as anybody else. The same oh, things that terrible. are hitting everybody are hitting you guys. Yeah, and I think. You know, nobody knows that. You can't even find part-time help anymore. No. And that's, I'm sure that's in everything. I know there's always been a shortage of nurses. There always seems to be not enough nurses to go around. I thought we didn't have enough doctors before COVID. Um, So the effort to bring more in is, I'm sure that's been ongoing since the beginning of the hospital. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a, it's a challenge. I mean, also, the other piece to think about is what happens with schools during COVID, right? I mean, yeah. you, you didn't have the same experience level coming into any school with any clinic, any rotations, residency, you know, all of that has shifted. And so we're seeing a change in how folks are prepped and we're going to get over the hump. I mean, 
everybody is is having to to deal with these two and a half years of change yeah really the biggest one year of change that was there in which everything was was completely shut down but we're getting there and it's gonna take some time and i think i mentioned before it's exciting to see where we're looking at in the you know in the horizon for our youth that are coming out of high school i mean that the work that is being put out there to prepare kids to be able to step into the workforce earlier and work to learn, to be able to step in and just continually climb to a new level um, with education that is built within the structure of healthcare and business um, to be able to just continue to work. So that way we've got more workers, we're getting their education. They're not getting in, you know, they're not having so much debt coming right, out yeah. of school and they're able to to have that experience and not be, you know, in their sophomore, junior year of college saying, eh, I don't really like this. Yeah, I think exactly. I'm going to change course. Yeah. And, and then that level of frustration that can exist, plus the, the, the insurmountable debt that can also ensue from that. So it's exciting to see where we're coming. Um, it's just we're not there today. We will look to the future for that. Well, talk a little bit. Well, the, the doctors today, though, are so they're they're educated differently than they used to be sure i know i had surgery at indy and and my doctor after the surgery you know i said uh he started multiplying the rate at which the cancer would you know progress and i says what's the matter didn't you learn your math he says oh no i've got an electrical engineer i've got a degree and here he is a doctor i mean that is you know and uh, he was an electrical engineer but yet now he's a doctor. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. It is. I tell you, I've met I bet lawyers that were that are doctors now. Yeah. It, it, some people got out of the profession during COVID. Other people jumped into the profession during COVID, and um, it, it's it's interesting. Everybody's got their story, right? Yeah. And that's that is the and that's what I love about healthcare. I love getting to know who people are in in their various capacities, especially you as a patient. If you're saying you're dying, I want to know more about you. <laughs> Not necessarily the reason why you're in the hospital, and that's just me as it's all about the ad- me administrator, right? <laughs> yeah. So I, I I love getting to know folks' story, what's going on in their life, and um, you don't We're just talking do to that. people. You learn a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love it because you know you hear rumors, you hear good things, you hear bad things. It's fascinating. You hear it all the time. Too. Oh yeah, yeah, and I love it too. Yeah, that's why I sit out in front and drink my coffee every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's part of healthcare is getting to know somebody. I mean, there's a, a relationship yes. there, and I think that's what upset people. Um, and I think it was Kevin who said, oh, "You know, your doctor is like your minister or somebody. I mean, it's somebody that you depend on in a very intimate and real way." And I, when, it's, it's when, so different today though than it than it was. Uh, 40 years ago. Yeah. I mean, my doctor came to the house and gave me a shot every day for a month. Mm-hmm. You know, because I couldn't walk. I mean, it's amazing. And and they enjoyed it. But yeah. it, the times have changed. The times have changed. And that's hard for, I'm not going to say old people, but older <laughs> people. It's hard to understand. Yeah. Well, and, and the young people grow with it. We're still looking back. <laughs> we, we are on... We're on the the hill. If you look at the hill, you've got, and I'm not calling anybody over the hill or <laughs> before. Yeah, if yeah, you're standing, yeah. if yeah. you're standing on that hill, 
you've got some folks. I mean, think about the amount of change that has happened in the past 40 to 60 years, oh, te- yeah. just yeah. from the technology aspect. Yeah. And you look at you go to the other side of the hill and you know there you've got the younger generation that you get a new iPhone every year right it, it just steps up a notch you're looking into virtual environments you're looking into a lot of different things and you've got healthcare and how that has shifted over the course of the past 40 to 60 years i mean i i think of the the rules and regulations within the healthcare system and how like okay smoking and surgery was not a, a oh yeah, yeah you know it was back in the day that yeah okay that's yeah. that's normal where'd, where'd you put my to, cigarette today <laughs> no way doors are shut you're shut down and, i mean it's just a, a totally different perspective and how that healthcare is delivered what's acceptable you've got a younger generation that would rather be in a virtual environment that would rather to see somebody over the phone versus having somebody come to the house yeah. and i i'm not saying one is better or right, more right than the other. I definitely think there are benefits to both of them um, in some way, shape, and form. It's just we have to figure out how we deal with both yeah. right now um, because we want to be able to meet people where they're at, but we also have to be cognizant of of how we can do that. Well, in, in the medical field, you know, the doctor thing has changed so much. They all used to have private practices, and now... It's all organizational, Mm -hmm. whether it be the hospital or, you know, some other group. But that's the way it is today. Mm -hmm. You know, this doctor doesn't have an office by himself. Right. And it's just uh, time's changing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, see, for folks like me, there's a level of trust with your – he knows you in ways nobody else knows. Right. Yeah. And uh, uh, that's important to most people. I mean, well, our older guys, especially me and Jim. I mean, you get you get that one guy that you trust. I know times I've heard of people who have been to specialists, and they've been told, "Look, you you got to do this. We got to operate or whatever," and go back to their general practitioner and say, "He's telling me this. What do I, you know?" And they're, they'd rather hear it from. And if he says it's okay, well, then it's okay. We'll go do it. Sure. Um, and I, I've known a lot of people like that where they didn't even trust the specialist as much as they trusted their everyday doctor. But it's because you developed that relationship over the years. Right. And that can't be built overnight. And no. I, we understand that. <laughs> and so, again, as we, we bring practitioners in, we want to be able to help to reestablish that trust. And, and I understand that there are many folks who – are, are hurt by the changes that have have yeah. happened and um again we want to be able to help change facilitate. must happen that's <laughs> i mean it's I was, inevitable i was just thinking in my <laughs> lifetime i've had two doctors dr uh, robertson and dr holland i've had three dr kubley dr guild and now dr mill yeah so i've had three in my entire uh, you know life it's too. funny to think back yeah, yeah i mean and that's that's incredible. I mean, honestly, that is that is incredible. And and that that is not built overnight. Obvious, obviously, right? <laughs> no, it's taken a few years to get us there. <laughs> but like I said, there, I mean, change is inevitable. For example, um, I've been seen by a lot of nurse practitioners in the last three or four years. Yeah. That never happened before. Right. We didn't I, have them. Before. No, but I feel comfortable with that. You know, I, I, that was a transition. I'm like, yeah, I'm okay with that. I don't have any problem. They know a lot. They're the ones who talk to you first. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, you know, so that was a change that happened. That didn't seem to bother everybody so much, and I, it's kind of curious to me. Yeah, you know, it, our care, our care models, how that care is being delivered has it's shifted. Yeah, it's similar to what we were just saying. You know, that that hill perspective. It was only doctors. Now it's doctors, NPs, PAs, um, nurses, nurse extenders. You've got a whole host of different folks that are part of that care model that are helping to treat patients at a high level. I mean, yeah. it's, it's not that it's um, unheard of by any means, but we are having to shift based off of the workforce that's available and the yeah. education that's available. Okay, we've got a uh, caller. You're on the air. Part of that care model? Yeah, we do. Hello? Hello. Hi, Maddie. Um, I'm a little concerned. Okay. I, I've lived in this community a long time. I'm one of those old people who uh, thinks who thinks we need uh, more personal care from our doctors. Um, just just a little, just just for knowledge here. Forty-one years ago, a young man came to Plymouth. He was actually from Stark County, from Knox. Graduate of, I believe, IU Med. Forty-one years ago. And that young man became a general practitioner here in Plymouth. But he had foresight. He was one of the doctors. He is the doctor that looked ahead to see what, what was needed and what was needed was better uh, facilities and so on to look at, to stay in shape. Thus comes the uh, dream of the fitness form. 41 years this young man gave to this community. uh, I I just don't understand what happened, and I don't think that you just toss away somebody who's given their heart and soul and 41 years of work to this community. I mean, we wouldn't have the exercise facility we have for us old people to keep our hearts in good shape and uh, our lungs because we exercise. And that young man was Dr. Byron Hall and uh, worked for his wife for 30 years. And their vision wasn't just for themselves. For years and years and years, it took years to get that fitness forum built. And I just think the man's been treated extremely unkind for what he has done for this community. He just tossed it away. And he doesn't march, he marches to a little bit of a different drummer, so that doesn't make him wrong. Dr. Robertson, Dr. Kubley Sr. brought that young man to town because they knew potential that he had and uh, you know my favorite person is Dr. Seuss who says you know say what you you know I don't know how it goes you know do what you want to do say what you want to say because it's those that matter or whatever you know but that's it I, I, I think this community was just extremely in the wrong that's all I have, Rusty. Thanks. Okay. Very good. Very thanks good. thanks for the call. Thanks for the call. Okay. I think we got another caller. Caller, you're on the air. Yes. 
I have a question. I had developed cancer, and they was going to send me to get my port in so I could start my chemotherapy. They sent me to Mishawaka. Mishawaka didn't have no openings for my surgery for months. So my specialist up there took and sent me. We went to Elkhart. Now, is that going to happen with people that are leaving Plymouth that go to Mishawaka and say, oh, well, we don't have no room. We're going to send you to Elkhart? No, it, it will not happen. Um, and... I don't know all the circumstances associated with with you, um, but one of the things that we have to um, take into consideration is we have multiple uh, specialists that are not always St. Joe too involved with it, um, so there there may be some other implications with that. But the intentions uh, would always be to keep it uh, within our our system as well as in a very timely manner. So. Um, I don't foresee that happening um, in which things are pushed off for, for months and months and months. Well, that happened to me with my cancer. And I knew I had to get, they done all the testing and everything, the PT scans and everything. They said, you're in this stage. You need to get it done. Well, the specialist that was up there said, okay, we'll get you in. Then they call me. We have no openings for a couple months. We'll get you to Elkhart. This guy is from the St. Joe area. And he got me in with someone else to get my, uh, start my port and everything for my cancer. Okay. So I hope that don't happen again because I'm on my second stage of cancer. Oh, and I, I hate to do that. And I have a primary care physician in Plymouth. But I got sent to a specialist in Mishawaka. So I know that happens, and it's just aggravating. And I agree with the caller that just called in. Dr. Holland was always there for everybody. My mom and his dad were friends, and this is what he always wanted to do ever since he was a kid. And when they took his nurse practitioner and everybody out of there, it was a sad day, and I didn't even go there, but it's a sad day for a lot of people that, and, you know, how's us old people got to look forward to all these new nurses coming in? We probably won't even live long enough to see them. So that's all I have to say. Thank very, you. Very good. Thank you. Uh, okay. You know, the... The thing that's very hard for the normal person, not in the medical field, to understand is every case is different. Yeah. And I may have the same type of cancer as you, but they've got to treat you different than they're going to treat me. And I think that's hard for us to understand, you know, as human beings. That Well, I got this cancer they treated him this way why aren't they treating me that way and and every case is different i've had several bouts of cancer in my family and i'm i'm not going to go into all that uh but it's just it's how do you explain all that you can't i mean just like this lady and 
you know, there's circumstances as to why and why not. But, you know, it, it, you can't explain them. Yeah. Right. Well, and, you're not and, a doctor. And, well, in the medical field is, you know, like you said, I'm not a doctor. Right. You know, there might be reasons why they couldn't get her into that particular hospital. But the answer didn't come out the right way. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's... For me to understand what they really meant. And and the, it's hard. Right. Right. And And so with that, you know, this is a... It's hard to do, um, but be your own advocate. And, well, and you have to be. Yeah. If if we don't understand what's going on or the explanation is not given in a way that makes sense, ask again. And it's or ask hard. somebody else. Yeah. I mean, and, and you do have that right. If you don't like what that doctor told you, seek out another opinion. Sure. Absolutely. Well, which in a case like cancer, I think your doctor even encourages you to do that, don't they? I mean, I've had doctors that have told people, look, you know, don't just go see somebody else, too, because this is what what I see. You know what I'm saying? A doctor doesn't get upset because you go and ask somebody else what they think, too, because that's just, like you said, being an advocate for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it never hurts to have that second opinion. Um, the one caution that I'll say with with healthcare and um, is to not seek treatment with one. Start that treatment and and go get another yeah, opinion yeah, and start yeah. a second yeah. treatment. Exactly, and that never goes well. Right, right. But it's good to do your homework and get second, Before third all opinion. That absolutely, absolutely. Because medicine is somewhat of an art. Everybody yeah. is different. It's yeah. not and, somewhat. It is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and there there's there are those guidelines that are in place and, and standards that are there that you follow and you adhere to. Um, but there there are nuances because everybody is different. Um, My body treats that same disease differently than your body does. Correct. And that's hard to comprehend. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna ask this too. I I know there's been a lot of of <laughs> wailing and gnashing of teeth about having to go to Mishawaka for certain care, but that's always been the case, hasn't it? Because all the time I hear about people who start out here and end up at Mishawaka. It's not really, other than a little bit more, there's no real change there, is there? Yeah, there really isn't. Um, and But nobody likes the thought of oh, yeah. having to travel, right? Sure. I, I get that. Um but okay, nobody likes that. But your life depends on that. Exactly, exactly. So what what does the traveling have to do with it? Well, I will tell you that for some folks, the traveling with visitors that's a hard. You know, if if you have a loved one that is going to have to make that trip, uh, that's that's where I think a lot of the tension arises. Yeah, um, I don't think it's a matter of, of questioning where I need to go to to save my life. Yeah, or to. Yeah. You know, have the the best, uh, the most optimal outcome, um, and and so it, it really boils down to the how it's going to affect loved ones and the ability to have that follow up. Sure, um, that's that's where that yeah. some of that the tension is for sure. Well, I, and and I'll go into a little bit of my story. Fifteen years ago, I had prostate cancer. I went to Indianapolis. I had my surgery in Indianapolis. A year later. 
uh, my PSA started going up, so they wanted to do radiation. I says, well, can I have that in Plymouth? And they said, no. We do it differently than everybody else. Okay. So for two months, five days a week, I'd leave work at one o'clock or at eleven o'clock, drive to Indianapolis, spend my fifteen minutes, and drive home. Now that was every day for two months, five days a week, except holidays. Wow. And and I'm not. I mean, I felt myself that was the right thing to do. Right. Because these doctors had done everything, and like you said, you don't switch in the middle. And he said, no, we want to do the radiation here. So that's what I did. But it was my life. And that's, I think, people don't understand why you've got to ask questions, get opinions. You know, because Mm -hmm. it's your life we're talking about. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, why can't we get that? Right. Right. Well, change. Hard. <laughs> exactly. Well, okay. Good. Good segue. You got a future in this business. Ah, uh, you even read my mind on this. You mentioned earlier about something that happened because of COVID. Was a lot more people seeing doctors by virtual on the computer, or on their phone, or whatever. Um, how does how does that help you? I mean, that, that's got to be a, a great. Str- uh, not, on the system of stress relief to be able to, because the appointments take a lot shorter time. Right, right. So what that does is, number one, it allows you to get paid for the service. And number two, it's actually legal to do the service, <laughs> right? So <laughs> maybe that should be reversed. So number one, it's legal. Two, you get paid for it. Yeah. Um, so what's happened is it has allowed certain professions to have that ability to do it, like therapies. We would never would have had that had covid not come on right um but that allows us to open up the door there the doctors are specialists so those specialty services that really the volume's low in a rural area like plymouth um neurology if we have the ability to do tele we can have professionals from all over the u.s right providing that service. So you are now having somebody that that's all they do and they're extremely busy. They're getting those reps in. They're able to see help and guide in a rural community and it's affordable to be able to do it. Right. Whereas otherwise to be able to hire and maintain a professional is extremely challenging. And there's, there are not as many specialists that want to come and stay and live in a rural community right. just by virtue is they're not able to build their practice up because the volume's not there. Mm-hmm. So it definitely opens the door uh, for having a lot more specialty options in a smaller community. There, yeah, because I, I, I thought that was a great idea when it happened because I've had several of those. Because, number one, I can do it wherever I'm at. I right. don't have to spend time waiting. I mean, I can just, okay, it's time, boom, go. So it's much more convenient for me. And quite frankly, so far in my life, thank God, where's the wood? <laughs> I've never really needed to see the doctor in person. I, I I mean, I can think of very few times where I actually needed to be in that office to be seen. It was a matter of, okay, well, let's increase this medication or let's do this or that. I mean, it's just there was no reason for me to have to come in anyway. Right. So it makes it a lot easier for me as well. Absolutely. I mean, I like virtual visits. Con- convenience Yeah, is good 
<laughs> and, serves, and serves its purpose in certain circumstances, right? And yeah. so, yeah, it definitely opens up. It opens up that spectrum in which we're able to meet the level of healthcare for the needs that exist for the patient. Right. So, if it's non-emergent, semi-ordinary, pretty pretty simple, ish kind of slam dunk right. type of thing. I've got poison ivy. I know what it looks like. Exactly. I get it every year. I just need to go get my, my annual poison ivy exactly. check so I can get my prednisone. I'm good. Yeah. Telly, if you've got you know, something that's more of concern that needs in presence, you go to the office visit. If you need that specialty care, you're in person with the specialist, or you may start off with a telly visit from a specialist followed by an in-person based off of what they're seeing and hearing. Yeah, see, so, the in the telly ones, he can he, uh, he, – I'll tell him what's going on. Say, yeah, I really think you need to to come in here, so we'll make you an appointment. And yeah, we'll, you know they it gives them a chance to decide where they're going with it, and it's convenient for everybody. You right. set it up, you get, and you you get care in a very convenient fashion. Um, obviously, I'm not going to have a prostate exam uh, at home because I don't really know what I'm looking for. Uh, you know, you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to, I'm not oh, going to do my rusty, own, rusty, I'm rusty. not going to DIY a Come colonoscopy on. or you, something you, like that. <laughs> you're going too far here. Well, rusty. you know, I just thought, I, I just think we got to get to the point. I know that a lot of people were upset because of the, the communication thing. It just seemed like nobody was available <coughs> to talk to yeah. and people start thinking things when when that happens but you guys are making a concerted effort to make sure everybody knows exactly what's going on right and we we own that yeah. right we we want to to say we recognize that the communication level was not there to where we want it to be and we promise that we will do better to communicate out what we can communicate out in sure. a timely fashion and we'll be there and so uh we want to make sure that if if there are questions but they're asked, ask yeah, and so that way we're able to appropriately respond. And there may be times in which we can't respond given right. the circumstances that we're in. And I will, I'll just say, Plymouth is a small town. And yeah, it is. When, when word gets out real time, <laughs> as things are being <laughs> said or adjusted, or people know before yeah. you know before I know. Yeah. That you know, it, it, it's, it is what it is. But we want to make sure that we're there and we're able to to be transparent as much as we can and be able to lessen the rumors and the anxiety and and everything that goes along with it. We just well, you, you didn't hear about that doctor leaving, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and see, that's okay. That's the other question I have. If people do have questions, they they want to get some information. Is there a place they can call? I mean, is it online? I mean, is there somebody they could get a hold of? So you can always, um, marketing, close your ears. <laughs> I can always be reached. I mean, you can call our Plymouth administration, and I'm happy to, uh, to answer questions that I can, and as well as try and work up the chain to make sure that we're able to answer appropriately. But if there are questions out there, by all means, we want to clear up any of the rumors that are, that are going on. Um, and again, I'll just say, Plymouth is not becoming a, a nursing facility. We're not closing down all of our services. It's not just going to be ER. Those are the most recent ones. We're still open. 
there. I'm done for the day okay. with that one. Um, but they can always call an admin, and I'm happy to, to walk through anything. And especially if there are active concerns. If you right. have concerns yeah. over something that's going on and it's truly affecting you personally, we want to make sure we're addressing those and getting you the care that you need. So right. you can always reach out in that manner. Very good. You know, most doctors, I don't, I don't believe most doctors enter the field to get rich. I, don't I mean, so, they want to make a decent living. Don't get me wrong. Correct. But they don't go into it because I'm going to make all this money. They go into it because they want to help people. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong on that? No, I don't think you're wrong. Um, and I will. And young kids that are thinking about going in that profession, you know, I having talked with high schoolers, money definitely plays a part in it. Yeah. But I think by the time you're out of school, that has shifted. Like you're in it for the right reasons. Yeah. And You're not going to get rich, but ex- you can make a decent living. Absolutely. Absolutely. And for those that they're in it for the money, I I hope that you find <laughs> the right reason to be in it. So, I mean, there are some, let's yeah, face it. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But we, we all go into the medical profession because we want to help people. We, want, we, we don't like to see people in pain, hurting, or sick. We want to be able to get them better. And that is... That's that's a reality of medicine, and it's hard. It's hard to see people when they're hurting. It's hard to see people when they're vulnerable, um, to see people when they think they're dying. And, and he keeps pointing at me. Yeah, he keeps pointing <laughs> at you when, when he says dying. I, I don't Maybe know that's because I said I'm dying. Yeah, I want to see yeah, a doctor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. So it, it, it's, it's hard to see folks in that state, and it's so rewarding, though, on the flip side, when you right. get to see them and help them through it and um, – be able to be a part of life. There with just them. comes a point where you can't help them anymore. There are times in which that yeah. happens, and that is difficult. Yeah, I can remember my dad talking to Doc Robertson. He says, "You know, the one thing that bugs me about you guys—you've known us all our life, but you won't come to our funeral." <laughs> be darned if Doc Robertson didn't go to my dad's funeral. <laughs> but you know. They were friends over the... I mean, you know, sure. you're yeah. friends you after friends. 50 years or Man. 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, you know, I mean, that... At some point, if we want to go over some of the effects, as you t- you talk about that, it's hard to see people... Die. W- die. And that is that is something else that has come out of... Uh, coming out of COVID. Yeah. It was a time of high mortality and a lot of change within healthcare. And that causes trauma. It causes stress, it causes grief, and that is both on the medical side as well as the public side. And the the intersection of all of those right now is leading to what we're seeing in general within society. And that's a a topic for a whole other show and would take a whole lot of time to to dissect. But um, if you wonder why things are the way they are, why people have increased anxiety, increased tension, kind of on edge a lot of times you take a look back and see what's what's happened in right. the past, yeah. and that's where we're at. Yeah. Well, man, I want to thank you for coming in. Appreciate it. Well, thank you. Um, we'll invite you back, believe me. Great. <laughs> Fantastic. When I'm not here. Though. Matter of fact, you know, maybe maybe you just got to come in and do the show. Just, you know, we don't need to talk about anything in specific. We'll just talk about dying or whatever it was that Jim went down the path. Uh, but anyway, thanks, thanks Rusty. Thanks for coming in and, and sharing with us. I think that's very important. People hear what's really going on. 
Thank you. I appreciate the time. Very good. Have a great day. Going to take a break. We'll be right back. Want to know how the big game's going to turn out Friday? Well, tune in to WTCA, AM 1050, FM 106.1, and find out straight from the coach's mouth. Thursday night lights, we visit with every one of the high school football coaches in Marshall County to talk about their big game coming up on Friday night. 7 o'clock Thursday night, Thursday night lights, right here on your home for Plymouth Sports, WTCA. And you want to know what's going on in Marshall County, just reach for the Pilot News. Local government, people, and places. Since 1851, the Pilot News has been Marshall County's only daily local newspaper. So when you want to know what's happening around town, pick up the Pilot News. Call 936-3101 today and have everything in Marshall County delivered to your doorstep. The Pilot News. Progressive presents Don't Do It Yourself. Okay, simple enough. Just got to get in there with my screwdriver. Do you mind handing me my screwdriver? Are you trying to say screwdriver? Well, I mean, you're saying it weird, but yeah, sure. Look, maybe we should bundle our home and auto with Progressive. We could save big and pay someone to install this for us so you don't have to pretend you can. (laughs) I know my way around a screwdriver. Oh, yeah. This is going to take a Philippe's head for sure. Save when bundling home and auto with Progressive and use the money to, you know, not... Do it yourself. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Good morning, good day. Today's name is Monday. Today's name is Monday. Yesterday was Sunday. Tomorrow will be Tuesday. Today's name is Monday. Monday, Monday. Let's make this a really great day. Monday, Monday. Let's get ready to work and play. Let's clap and spell Monday. M O N D A Y. M O N D A Y. Let's sign Monday. Monday. Monday, Monday, on this day, do your very best, be kind and helpful, and show respect, listen and learn, and be caring too, on this day, there's so much to do, good morning, good day, Today's name is Monday. You're tuned to FM 106.1 and AM 1050 WTCA in Plymouth, Indiana. And what's your opinion? Phone lines are open at 574-936-4096. So call now and join the fun. Now here's Kathy and Rusty. Okay. Okay, um, what? By the clock, we're running out of time, so... Anything you want to go over that uh, needs to be said? Again? 
Well, I thought you might have more words of wisdom for us before this day is over. I have trouble having thoughts, let alone words of wisdom. <laughs> Wait till you're my age, Rusty. You'll find out. Oh, I am your age, I think. A little older, but not in spirit. Oh. <laughs> you ready to get out of here? I think people are probably sick of us by now. You think so? Well, I'm at least we sure. had a nice young man yeah. here to break up our morning. Good conversation, I thought. I thought it was. Yeah, it's always good. He listened to all my crap. Yeah, well. My wife won't even do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, very good. Uh, why don't we just... Uh, call it a day? Call it a day, do some birthdays, just an anniversary, got some trading posts. You got a birthday you want to wanna shout out? or No, okay. it'll be too late for mine. Well, we got two... Because uh, mine are both by the 15th of October. Oh, yeah, that's too early. And I won't be here till probably a week after that. We can still wish you happy birthday. Not me. Oh, my two, si- my two sisters. Oh, okay. Well, that's funny that you say that. Why? Because I got two brothers who have birthdays today. Really? Today? Yeah, today. Uh, Brad Heck and Andy Heck, they're both 42. <laughs> you suppose that makes them twins? Yeah, it is. And, and, and I got to say that I remember coaching both of them. So the fact that they're 42 hit me like a ton of bricks this morning. Because, hmm. uh, yeah, that, 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 that can't know, be. I, well, they're still like 18 in my mind. So I don't know. Anyway, so those are our birthdays. The winner on Friday will get uh, four cupcakes from the Dessert Cafe, a free small drink from the Coffee Lodge, and a bouquet of flowers from Cash and Creek. So make sure you're listening on Friday to find out who the winner is. Got an anniversary today, Kevin and Nancy Ames. That was actually it's belated. That was from September 1st. So happy anniversary to you two. You are entered in our drawing for 50 bucks from Deaton Clemens Van Gilder Funeral Home. Just a way to give you a happy anniversary. Uh, now it's time for trading post. You can buy sell trade giveaway four items, four days, four free zones, and prison for any of those items. We ready to go? We're ready to go. Okay. 46-inch round patio table with removable glass top. 30 bucks is what they want for that. Uh, women's Nike Max Air shoes, size 8 and a half. They're like new. 25 bucks for those. If you have any interest. Oh, here's another one. Full-size box spring. It's like new. Uh, full-size bed frame, too. Uh, box spring, they want 20 bucks. Uh, bed frame, they want uh, $10. So uh, if you're interested in any of those items, you need to dial 574-936-4056. It's 574-936-4056. And you can grab those items. That is the training post for today. So we're done. Are we done? Yeah, we're done. Done, done. Done, done. Done, 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 done. Done, done, done. Done, 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 done. Ooh! The Lone Ranger. Actually, that's Dragnet, isn't oh, is it? Was that Dragnet? Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, Dragnet. that's Dragnet. You're right. I don't the remember Lone the Lone Ranger. Ranger. I don't remember that one. Don't you? No. I never watched the Lone Ranger. Didn't you? 
just bits and pieces. I never sat and watched. Well, the whole it was episode. all done by the time you got old enough to watch. Yeah, it. but it's still in syndication. I could watch True. it. That and Roy Rogers was on in syndication. I used Roy to Rogers that. and Dale Evans. Yep. Yep. All our cowboy heroes. Yep. Exactly. All those backdrops they had back then. <laughs> yeah. When you look at those now, that's amazing, you know. Yeah, it is. It looked real back oh, then. Oh, yeah, it did. But and it was the, all cardboard. Yeah, and <laughs> then the uh, cities, you you re-see the cities, you know, the little towns where they got the dirt road running through, and there's there's Grandma's uh, uh, general store, and you got the, the saloon run by Miss Kitty, and, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, was but that those smoke? Yeah, yeah, Miss Kitty ran the, the saloon. Yeah. Yeah, and then you had Festus, who was uh, the comic relief sidekick. That was a, that, my grandpa loved that show. He watched it all. The I thought time. we were saying goodbye. Oh, we are saying goodbye. Have yourselves a great day. Tomorrow, let me take a quick look at the calendar. We've got well, it's Commissioner Day, so we'll have uh, either either Kevin or Mike Burroughs will be in tomorrow. Uh, Kathy at that meeting right now, trying to. Desperately to grab some news for you. So, uh, anyway, have yourselves a great day. We will be back tomorrow at 9, so make sure you tune in.